When I started thinking about what kinds of efforts have to go into creating the VFX that goes into video games, I got a headache. There's so darn much going on. So many things to think about. How do the VFX artists make things look so realistic and the game so much fun to play? Well, in this episode, number 2203, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be giving you their insights when they answer the commonly asked question, what are the biggest challenges creating VFX for games? on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Well, welcome back to the CG Insider Podcast, or maybe this is your first time. Thank you so much for joining us. In today's episode, we're going to be answering a question from a viewer, Shanika G of Baltimore, Ohio, that she submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. She asked us, uh, what are the biggest challenges creating VFX for games? And by the end of our discussion, uh, you'll have learned not only about some of the challenges that come with creating VFX for games, but you'll also learn about the decision-making process that goes into dealing with some of them as well. Uh, you'll also get our professional insights and a personal take into what you should be considering before jumping into creating uh, game effects for yourself. Be sure to stay to the end of the podcast. We'll be jumping into the mailbag again and reading some of your comments. And who knows, we may be reading your comment and mentioning you by name today. I'm Sean Johnston, one of your hosts for today's edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And I'm Bill Johnston, your other host. And together, we are, of course, the CG Bros. Uh, so this is a great question, um, Shanika. So thanks, for, for again, for uh, asking us this. Bill, this is your wheelhouse, so uh, let's, let's, uh, I'll pass the baton to you. You want to get started with it? Sure. Well, you know, we had a, a uh, podcast a couple weeks ago that uh, talked about you know, how... How are for our video uh, games, their VFX for video games created, and so this is kind of an, an add-on to that. Maybe you can consider it a part two, but we're going to kind of cover today. Uh, you know, what are the major pitfalls, or what are the major hurdles, or or, or challenges uh, with creating uh, VFX for video games? I may have touched on a few in that, that uh, last podcast, um, but we're going to kind of go a little deeper uh, on those those challenges uh, today. And uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about what the ultimate goal of uh, VFX in games was, and that's basically to keep the player interested, engaged in the game. Um, you know, we as VFX artists have the awesome responsibility of making uh, the, the gamer's experience more enjoyable, um, you know, more surprising, uh, and more immersive, ultimately. Uh, and that, that keeps their engagement up, and I think that's, you know, that's, that's the real benchmark for video games uh, these days is watch time. And so the more engaging we can make the games through VFX, the more people play and the more watch time they get, uh, thus the more money is made uh, via the game. Um, yes, so yes. And uh, again, what? It's, uh, so the VFX artist is, is you're dealing with basically anything that moves that isn't a character, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, and most of the you know they 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 break down as I mentioned before basically into two subcategories, which are char you know, character-based effects or environment-based effects. And when I say character, it could be anything from a you know a person or a creature to a, an animated prop, anything like a vehicle or or something you know a machine, uh, something like that. Yes, and and it actually helps uh, the player get feedback for and understand have a clearer understanding of what's the consequence of their action, what's going on in the world. Uh, so they can, uh, you know, act appropriately or um, to save their own lives within the games. If it's a, if it's a, you know, game where you're, you could possibly die in it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
Well, and also VFX help the player to basically just understand the game better. Uh, and this this allow you know allows you to reduce the amount of text that you have to show in the UI or or, or narrative that you have to put on the screen, and even dialogue. You can keep keep the dialogue to a minimum so that you know the action flows more smoothly and uh, with really you know as, with as few interruptions as possible, and and still you know just look great and, and tell the story. Um, yes, and there's a there's a uh, a thing you don't want to do is overwhelm the player with visual effects as well. So that that can happen. That's a that's a good, great point. It's very difficult, especially being a VFX person uh, myself. You want your VFX to be the star of the show. It's you want it to be you want it in people's faces. I mean, it's part just part of our pride of, of wanting to show off our work. I think just generally. But your your point is is well taken. That you know, VFX artists, as much as we want to have our effects front and center, are. are are primarily supporting characters that play supporting roles and, and reinforce the story. Uh, you know, they don't, they're not, they're not actually characters in the story. Uh, although, you know, in some instances they certainly can be, and that's, that's a lot of fun to work on projects where, you know, the character is a VFX, uh, but basically VFX like fire and, you know, sparks and stuff that that's all meant to, to connotate danger and, and, and promote, uh, you know, excitement in the game. So have you been uh, actually been asked to or tasked to do any special effects for um, uh, for any of the UI over over your career? You know, though, yeah, I have, and it's UI effects are, are, are a cool brand of, of game effects to create, uh, but they're primarily uh, effects that appear on screen. Uh, which, uh, if you play Call of Duty, you'd, you've seen, you know, pain, or you know, when you're choking out, you, you, you or when you die, you see the big blood uh, thing kind of drip down the screen. Those, those are all examples of, of, you know, stuff that we've done, um, and uh, uh, and that's you know, that's stuff like that. It's it's not it's not you know, earth shattering stuff, but it's just it's just kind of stuff that blends the the motif of the game together. Yes, and uh, so uh, here's a question. Um, I, I was going to uh, give you a couple of different questions over over time, since obviously this is uh, something you specialize in. So, how did you get your first job as a special effects artist? Just I'm just curious. You know, uh, well, I started uh, doing cinematics for game game work. Uh, I started as modeling, as we as we touched on before, but uh, an opportunity came up within the studio to uh, do VFX. We had a VFX-heavy project that came in, and uh, no, we didn't have an assigned VFX person, and nobody volunteered to do it. And so, uh, you know, being a lover of VFX that I am, I, I was a little apprehensive at first just because of the complexity of, of taking on that task. I'd never done really a lot of VFX. I had done some, but but I, I decided that, uh, you know, I'm going to take on that, that challenge, uh, especially since no one else did. I figured that would be a good be a good way to step up and, and, and be recognized. And so that's what I did, and, and it, it all worked out for, for the best. Uh, and I continued to do cinematic-based effects, uh, pre-rendered-based effects, um, primarily until uh, till about, oh gosh, 10 years ago, where that's when I started getting into the game effects side of things, where an opportunity came up where I think it was, re- uh, 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 oh gosh, I can't even remember the studio, uh, but up in, up in Culver City, you needed some help with a video game there were uh, doing and and I volunteered to kind of uh, lease myself out to that studio and we we banged out that that uh, that game. Um, was it Killzone or God of War? Did, no, you know that, that one was uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Oh, that's a great game. Fun, yeah. fun, fun game. So that was that was my first exposure, really. Well, with the, with the exception of the PlayStation Network, where I was doing some real time uh, effects for for that as well. Yes, and so you'd have to be a a, a problem solver uh, as well, right, Bill? With your, the skill set you have, um, you'd have to be 
So a lot of times I, I would assume you, you get assigned an animation task for something you've never really done before, right? I mean, that does happen. I mean, there are the common things that you'll probably do if you're doing, um, you know, IP you're working on uh, regularly. So yeah, any, any specific things that you've, you've done that are like, uh, you could say they're like so different from anything else you've worked on? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. All, all effects tend to, tend to be that way. I mean, you've got your bread and butter effects, but... Uh, you know, there's there's a story to be told, and and that I'll touch on this a little bit later in the in the podcast where, uh, you know, how effects uh, that's one of the challenges that that really poses. But I, I you know, since since visual effects and, and games just generally uh, visual effects and games and games themselves run in real time, VFX artists have to be a lot more creative and efficient than than VFX artists say in the cinematic or, or film industries. Um, you know, everything there is, pre, is pre-rendered and, and, and you can manipulate it to, to, you know, as long as you have, you know, you have a whole lot of time to do that. Well, well uh, while in gaming, you don't have the luxury of time. I mean, you've, you've got really tight budgets, you've got really tight deadlines to, to meet, and, and, and you're right. You, you were talking about it's, creating VFX for games is, is, a, is, is really about problem solving. Um, you know, it's so, about figuring out how the best effects can be achieved in the time necessary and the budget that's, that's allowed. And uh, there's a lot of variables that come with that uh, that get thrown in during production, and so that, you know, that, that's always, it's always a challenge. Um, I think uh, another challenge would be de- depending on what type of video game you're actually working on. So you could have your, your RPG, your fighting games like Mortal Kombat, Tekken Street Fighter, your hack and slash games, um, God of War I mentioned before, Devil May Cry, Onimusha, one of my favorites uh, uh, when I was gaming a lot more. Uh, RTS, uh, real-time strategy games like StarCraft and Age of Empires and Company of Heroes. And then, of course, uh, one of the games I worked on would uh, would be the uh, uh, EverQuest uh, MMO uh, World of Warcraft. There are a lot of challenges to creating good VFX, and that that's definitely a good game. I, I enjoyed that, and that's that's been around for a long time now. Another great challenge is uh, finding good reference material, Sean. It's a you know when we're asked to create effect, you talked about you know what have I done anything that I've never done before? There's always new new challenges for creating new effects. Just for, if, for nothing else, the tools and technology has changed, and and uh, there are new techniques that that kind of are, are generated based on that, and. Um, but finding good reference for the effects in the first place is, is a good challenge. You know, where do you go to find good reference? That's always a challenge. So, um, you know, that's that's usually what I, the first challenge I, I hit whenever I'm, you know, trying to create or start a new VFX. What about, uh, do you have a challenge when, uh, I mean, obviously it's, you have to collaborate with the director, the, the designers of the game. Um, so do you have... Is that something that goes through? Uh, you go through a lot. Is is trying to to have their their final, you know, what they're imagining the game to be, and what they're imagining all of the 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 effects to be. Is is do you do you interact with them on a daily basis, or is it something that uh, uh, you just they kind of throw it over the wall to you to work on? That's a that's a great question. Uh, it, that goes to planning, I think, for the VFX. Um, you know the concepting and planning is really important, um, and that that does start with, like I said, good reference, and then of course concept or or a previs. You know that really kind of shows the style and the and the uh, the, the the kind of the, the flow of, of of the game. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, you have to interact with with uh, the different departments: the art department, the the props department, the environment department. Um, 
because a lot of times, um, you know, it's early on in, you know, FX has to be kind of started early on uh, in the process just because you can do, you, need, you know, to do a lot of the R&D that's required to kind of get the visual language of the game. Uh, sometimes that's a real challenge. So the sooner, you know, you can get started doing that, the better. Um, and, and yes, coordination with other departments is critical uh, because a lot of times, you know, the effects are shader based or environment based or, or character based and, and those things cha change over time as the game develops. So, you know, being in contact with those, those folks and, and trying to maintain, uh, you know, communicate and, and maintain that the visual language of the game is, is, is you know, that's very important. Yes, and I'll, I'll repeat again. It depends on the type of, of game you're working on. Um, I, I mentioned earlier uh, RPGs, uh, RTS, uh, MMOs. Those those type of games are going to require different types of, of effects. And if you're going to be supporting it, also you know, like I said before about uh, working in the UI, helping out uh, help, helping out that team and kind of polishing that up, spicing up the the so to give the. For example, you'd be giving um, uh, you, a certain number of kills or something like that in one of your games. You're going to have something that that represents like something exciting, exploding on the screen when you make that number of kills. With a well, obviously, um, sound is very important as well, uh, along with that. So, you did mention something about um, shaders. Um, how how uh, how much time do you normally spend um, simulating things versus actually messing with shaders and textures? Well, that's an interesting question. I think sh shaders are a big part of effects. Uh, they, they they drive anything from, well, it's, it's 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 because you can animate transparency over time, so you can do a lot of cool dissolved uh, type effects with with uh, shaders as well as you know color changes. You could do basically, well, I'll tell you what, shaders ha has re have really come into their own. I mean, before they they were pretty primitive, but these days they they really drive the look and. And, and feel of a lot of a lot of effects uh, in game, and so uh, you know you, you definitely want to know your your game math uh, uh, for for creating shaders and, and understand color theory and and how uh, those things go together. And I think uh, you know it's gotten pretty complicated. And and fortunately for me, we have a, a, a group that just works on shaders. They 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 actually work on that as a as a discipline. And so uh, you know through coordination with them, we we. Uh, you know, develop the, the 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 look of the game, and then just uh, to, you know tweak on the shaders as we go along. So no, I don't I don't you know once they're created, I, I don't mess with them very often. But simulations now that's a different story. Uh, that's and that's another probably one of the biggest challenges with creating game VFX is creating uh, physics simulations uh, that of destruction basically, and 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 the, you know cl cloth and hair and and things you know in, in a believable manner. Uh, you know we've we've all seen and we had a recent podcast on creating class simulations and what they're used for and and kind of covered this lightly but uh, it's it's a extremely challenging uh, thing to do physical simulation in game it's getting easier and and the tools and technology is getting better so uh, you know we're continuing to see great improvements and uh, in, in performance and and uh, reduction in overhead would you say that the um, the team that that develops these shaders you're talking about, would you say that they're there? You're it's a two way street. You're telling them, uh, hey, I need this type of effect because I've got this idea. Or is it, you know, them going to you saying, hey, we have this new effect. Can you use this? Which what is it? Is it kind of a mixture of both or is it let me elaborate on that? Yeah, it is a, a mixture of both, and it really depends on the type of effect being if it's a custom effect that's never been seen before that we don't have any assets 
that we can use and, and part of game creation is, is reuse of assets that, that helps you be effective and so if we can reuse assets or textures or shaders uh, that we've created before we, we do that and if we if it's just something that we can just tweak on them to get a different look then then that's what we do um, you know if it looks good it is good uh, but in the case of custom and uh, you know new effects then then no I, I, I probably will you know go back and forth or I'll create some mock-ups or concept will create some mock-ups that I use uh, to create the base shaders and then uh, I get assistance as needed to, to kind of get those going or um, it just depends on the type of effect that, that's being created. So currently, um, I mean, without going into uh, you know details or revealing anything, so are you currently using uh, Unreal Tech, uh, their, their specific VFX uh, software that, that goes along with Unreal or are you using proprietary um, software pretty, pretty, pretty much every day? You know, I think I think you'll find as you go out into the world that, uh, and this is this is starting to change a little bit. But a lot of the larger studios, and and I worked for the for primarily larger studios, they they tend to have their own custom tool sets and custom engines uh, that they that they use. So it's it's proprietary in a lot of ways. I mean, the the concepts are the same. So you you know if you know how to do one, you can probably move to another without too much trouble. Uh, but generally, they're 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 proprietary. But some of the smaller studios, you know, they can't afford to have their own custom games built, custom game engines built. Uh, you know, Unreal Engine and the off the shelf other off the shelf products are are very desirable. And and you know, we covered uh, in some of our recent podcasts about some of those improvements in in uh, some of these uh, off the shelf game engines. And and Unity is is up there as well. And uh, Unreal is doing some just amazing things that we, uh, we that we've shown and and that we have yet to to discuss. Yes, and I know that there's uh, along with the VFX uh, for you know using Unreal or proprietary stuff. There's a lot of common things that you you would need to know uh, for the challenges as well. Is is I know that you'd have to kind of um, have a psychology know the psychology of of, of uh, VFX and uh, and how it appeals to the the gamer. So you're you're mentioning things about shape and form. And so the so the player knows uh, what's going on to, for example, healing the character. You know which which player actually uh, uh, is going to, or what type of VFX is going to be painful for your character, or or kill you, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to understand that that shape, form, and then the color color and motion has a lot to do with that as well. And you see that a lot in in human psychology used in Hollywood films, uh, you get that, it evokes a feeling that you get, and it's also in branding and marketing. Uh, for example, the color red, you know, has a certain connotation, yellow uh, also. Um, so all of those, those colors mixed with what people normally understand in the real world has a psychological uh, effect on them in the games as well. And so um, I've, I've, uh, I've been explained to some uh, VFX explained uh, one time that, that there was a rule at their studio that um, making a VFX that it's if it's slower than a heartbeat, you know, that it actually has a rhythm. So if it communicates, um, if it's slower than your heartbeat, then it's, it has a calming effect. And if it's uh, if, if it's faster than a heartbeat, it denotes kind of an aggressive feel. And it's a lot of rhythm that goes along even with the VFX that you're seeing. Uh, so it kind of gives you that immediate feedback for the player. Yes, and timing is, is 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 really important, and I think that's what we're we're really talking about is is timing, and that that that's key uh, to to the experience of any game. Uh, if the timing's off, and and like you said, it doesn't it doesn't 
it doesn't go with your rhythm, if you will. You know, it mm -hmm. doesn't. You don't. You don't sense the the synchronicity there. Um, you know, and that that's that's true. I think with with uh, animation as well. Um, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I we'll mm -hmm. go into that in the next podcast. Ooh, did I did I little spoiler. Um, <laughs> so, but, but yeah, it, it's, it's super important, especially for example, if you're in an FTS, uh, FPS, you know, first person shooter and you're, you need to see and read things very, very quickly because things are, are happening at, 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 you know, milliseconds of time. And so it's very important to get that quick read of what, where the enemy is, what, what exactly, uh, does that symbol over the enemy mean? Is that, is that a friend? Is that a foe? Uh, you know, what's coming at me? Um, all those different things, uh, or, or you have to you have to get it uh, you know get it in there so that people can understand what's going on. Yes, and I think that's one of the other challenges of creating VFX for games is getting it all in there. Uh, you know, it's 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 a real challenge. I mean, because VFX and, and the game is in real time. Uh, I, I mentioned it's it's really it's really challenging to to cram it all into that small space because you have to have it running at I think games are running at least the ones I'm working on uh, sixty frames per second. Uh, at you know full HD, and that's that's a that's a real challenge when you've got a lot of effects going. You know, say say you're you're in gameplay and there's a giant battle scene with explosions going on all around you, and you know fire and dust is kicking up and ash is going across the screen, and uh, you know it's we we hit the performance ceiling all the time, and so that's one of the real challenges of of creating game VFX is is fitting all the VFX, especially when when you know, and there's it's really challenging because they're the effects you don't know when they all the how many effects are going to be played called at one time in the game unless you actually and that's where the, the QA testers go in but uh, that that's one of the big challenges I think that that's probably the biggest one is is getting getting the VFX to be performant in game and still look good right especially now on on the mobile devices uh, there are some faster phones out there that can run incredible uh, frame rates and you can use transparencies and all sorts of particle systems and physics. Uh, but they're, you know, those are the more expensive phones and they're just now coming out where you can play some really, really actually very visually stunning games on, on mobile. Um, if you look at this background here, I'm, I'm showing a, a, uh, a video of a, a reel from a really, really um, amazing VFX artist. Um, his name is uh, Nathaniel Hubble and he, he does all sorts of visual effects. He does menu UI, does you know, game effects within the game. He does backgrounds, overlays over environments. So there's a lot of different things that you can do within the context of, of VFX. And, and, and they're all going to be challenging in their own right. So there, there's a lot of that going on. So um, here's, you mentioned something also about, uh, and I wanted to show this, about overwhelming VFX. A lot of times, depending on what type of game it is, you could have for example, the game I worked on, Planetside 2, you have massive multiplayer, um, you know, FPS, and you've got thousands of players on the screen. They're all firing bullets. You know, they're firing uh, rockets. There's see so all those effects have to be going on, plus all the tracking of all those uh, projectiles, you know, where they're going. And there's a lot of predictive AI that goes on. So uh, this this I wanted to show you before um, we move on to to anything else. This is one of the a, a, a quick shot of um, a planet side two. If you can pin me on this one, am I am I all pinned and ready to go? You're going. Okay, so check this out. This is one of uh, one of the scenes um, um, that has a lot of, of VFX going on. It, it starts getting more and more over time, but there's a ton of things going on here with all the sparks and projectiles and 
explosions and um, just a lot going on in the scene. And it's kind of frenetic because you're around all these people that are firing and they're trying to heal you. And so you've got, uh, you know, your healing VFX, uh, your hits, you're getting hit. So you can see yourself getting hit on the screen. So there's a lot going on and you have to know what's, what's happening. (laughs) Yes. And that's the purpose of the VFX is to communicate uh, some of those, some of that information to you. Right. Right. And, and that's and, a, you know when you hit the performance ceiling like I was mentioning before the effects either pop off or they, they don't get played at all because the engine can't swallow another bite especially in the multiplayer environment. That's right. That's right. And I've seen I've seen to the point where there's so many people on screen and, and all these effects are going off at the same time that it just chugs and it starts your screen frame rate goes down to you know a slideshow. It's hilarious. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the other challenges, uh, you know, one of the, and we're kind of getting down to the to limit here. I just wanted to kind of make sure I mentioned this uh, sure. with creating VFX for game is just managing the, the amount of data that, mm-hmm. that's that's created, the simulation data, the cache data. Uh, you know, I mean, with with, with all these you know, awesome environments and effects and animation, they, they need a lot of space. You need really fast systems that can transfer data quickly and, and a nice piece of data management software or a system that can do that for you because uh, data wrangling is is really a challenge um, when it comes to, to VFX work and as animation work is I'm sure as well. Um, yeah, there's so. a lot of there's a lot of multi-core. Uh, you, you know, if you're if you're processing everything on one one of your CPU and you're not you're not doing multi-threading with 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 that, um, and that's just a fancy way of saying one part of the processor will will take a job and do one 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 part of the the calculations and and then it'll pass it off to another. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of that can be optimized as well, uh, to, to, uh, to, you know, reduce the challenge that, that, that you may have in VFX. Cause we want to make as artists, we want to make everything look as, as realistic and cool as possible. Um, uh, so that, that's, you know, we love it. That's why we do what we do. So, yeah. So, and the gaming industry as a whole is, is constantly growing and evolving and, and it really, uh, I find it really rewarding to create. I think I mentioned this before, to just creating impactful VFX for people who love video games. It's very, so, it's very rewarding. So, what would you say? Uh, would you say let them, you know, have them learn Maya, Max, Blender, Houdini? You know, which, which, what kind of software would you think people uh, out there should be using? If I were starting out uh, again, mm-hmm. if I were to give anyone some some advice, I'd say jump into Houdini and Unreal. I think the combination of Houdini and Unreal will give you the, the, the most impressive result in the shortest amount of time um, that, that you could ho- uh, hope for. That, that would be my, my suggestion. Uh, Houdini is great for physical uh, simulations. You can render out flipbooks from it uh, that look just fantastic. And uh, it, it does a lot of th- things uh, that, that uh, you know, Maya can't do, such as you know, rigging up a soft body uh, animation with a skinning converter it's it's got that capability maya just can't do that and that's a fancy way of saying adding a bone rigging system to to a soft body uh simulation uh, that's that's a complex operation and and uh, seems that houdini can seems can do it no problem and and unreal is unmatched in my opinion as we've discussed before so that, that would be my my advice that's good. I think that's good advice. Uh, definitely good advice. So why don't we uh, go ahead and jump into the mailbag uh, for this week? Sounds good. Um, this uh, comment came in from uh, Marshala Mary Routine uh, from our podcast, What is the Best Superpower and Why? And Marshala says, this is fairly good content. Triple OK mark <laughs> symbols. I liked it. Two thumbs up. I like to recommend it. 
One hand up, two hands up. I wish you grow more. Three pump fists. Well, thank you, Marshala. That's 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 very enthusiastic, and and we appreciate you leaving a comment and taking the time to do that. Uh, we are growing more, and and we we uh, can certainly do that when you share our podcasts. Okay, so Chardonhan says, uh, you guys have introduced me to so many wonderful artists. I love you guys. Well, we really appreciate that, and that's one of the reasons why we created the channel to begin with, so we can have a hub where many wonderful artists uh, can come and, and show their work and, uh, and, get in, and get everybody inspired. It's, it's, it's uh, so much fun, and check it out. Yes, and the next comment is from R.D., from our podcast, Why is Entertainment So Violent Today? And RD says, Thank you for this, and I appreciate all the videos you let us watch, Happy Face. <laughs> I also gained a new respect for you today after listening to this podcast. Oh my, I wonder what he thought of us before the podcast. I know. <laughs> no respect? Yeah, no respect. <laughs> no, we appreciate that, RD. Thank you so much for your comment. Well, thanks again for being part of our podcast today. We really enjoyed uh, being with you and answering uh, Shanika's question. What are the biggest challenges creating VFX for games? We hope you learned something new and had some fun doing it. And um, we covered a lot of interesting information uh, you may not have known about. So. You know, if, yeah, absolutely. If you did enjoy it, share it around. Hit the like button. It only takes a second. And it really helps the channel. But more importantly than that, it helps other people like you find, uh, find us. Um, and uh, we'd like to know what you think of the podcast as well. So please do us a quick favor. Shoot us over a comment. Uh, we want to hear what you've got to say, whether it's good, bad, ugly. It's uh, it's all good to us. So uh, we're always looking to improve the podcast, uh, and that's really important to us. So please, please uh, shoot us a comment. We'd love it. Yeah, comments are what we really like. So just overwhelm us with comments for the next the next time. We'll, we'll definitely be reading some more comments, and and again, we may be picking your name and and reading yours. So we bring a spanking new edition of the CG Insider every week, and we discuss topics that have anything to do with uh, CGI animation and digital mm -hmm. VFX, as well as a host of other interesting and related subjects that may come to our attention. So please let us know if you've got a subject that you'd like us to cover in the podcast, and you can do that by jumping onto our website at thecgbros.com and clicking the About Us tab and over to the uh, Ask Us Anything, uh, just like Shanika did. It's really that simple. We also want to direct you again to our YouTube channel where you can watch some truly entertaining and uh, moving CGI short films, many of them award-winning, created by some of the most talented new media producers out there. And both of us are looking forward to seeing you back here next week uh, for the podcast where we'll be answering another gaming-related question, which is a kind of a kind of a part two of, of, of the animation podcast we recently did, which is, uh, what are the biggest challenges creating animation for games? Well, we'll see you here next week. Bye now. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Pro's answer to the question, what are the biggest challenges creating VFX for games? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please give us a thumbs up. Be sure to leave a comment too, because we might share it on a future podcast and mention you by name. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free. And ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, 
audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Learn more about us by going to our website, thecgbros.com, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what are the biggest challenges creating animation for games? This has been episode 2203 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.